Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubak Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. And welcome to episode 28 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me always is Jared Bachman Stubbs. Hello there. So, Kenobi, is everything going as planned? That depends on your point of view, General. And Dan the Man. What's it going on? Thank you for joining me <laughs> there today, guys. On. September 5th, 2018, and we are, let's get that countdown going, uh, we are, hold please, 217 days from Star Wars Celebration, and 470 days from Star Wars Episode 9. Wow. It's approaching quickly, boys. It's approaching (laughs) quickly. It's happening. Day by day. thank you uh, for joining me as always. Jared, how was your week? Uh, My week's been pretty okay. Uh, most of it has been revolving around the, uh, little news update that we can talk about once you're done with intros and everything. Yes. Um, and what we're trying to do, but that's pretty much been my big thing of this week is trying to organize that, get that off the ground. Excellent. What about you, Dan, the man? Oh, well, you know, uh, typical week, uh, fun, fun times at the, at the Amazons and then, uh, then finding out, uh, family members passing away and being told I'm a terrible person. So, you know, typical week, typical week. Are you okay, Dan? Yeah, no, I'm totally good. I, I still think it's funny. Okay. Uh, I didn't do anything. I picked up a Vandor Chewy and my Admiral Piet got delayed another month, but that just working on do back stuff making some big moves anyway with that being said it's time to uh do you guys know what time it is what time is it i wonder if, i wonder if they know what no 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 you know no i don't i don't, I don't know what time i mean it, it says it's twelve seventeen, but i don't think that's the question you're asking oh no maybe you might want to buckle up baby so, this week in news, uh, that was awesome, by the way. <laughs> we have something going on with Dubek that Jared will go into before we do anything. So, Jared, if you just want to go off on a wild tangent about this Star Wars theory stuff. Okay, so, uh, most of you guys listening, if you listen to us, you're probably already aware of the existence of the channel Star Wars Theory. He is pretty much the biggest Star Wars YouTuber in the game. Um, his content ranges from just lore topics to doing fan fictions and stuff like that. Really big YouTuber. He's a really nice guy. He's really transparent with his fans. And, um, he he likes his Star Wars with a nice pinch of grandiosity. He currently has been bankrolling a really big fan series. Um, it's supposed to center around Darth Vader and the final stages of his trigger, Vader and his final transformation, final stages of his transformation and becoming the Dark Lord of the Sith, we all know and fear. 
Um, essentially, it is supposed to take place, I believe he said, eight months after uh, Revenge of the Sith. And basically, there is a small Jedi rebellion led by one base motherfucking Windu um, on Naboo, wherein Vader is sent to quell it and also considers trying to recruit Windu to help him overthrow the Emperor. Um, Star Wars Theory has gone balls to the wall with this. He has spent a ridiculous amount of money. Um, Not ridiculous in the sense of his plans are ridiculous, but holy shit, that's a lot of money. Um, He has cast the best Darth Vader cosplayer on Instagram as Lord Vader himself. Lord Um, Vader himself. He has a really, really great actor for uh, Palpatine. And this fan series seems like it is going to be huge, and we want to help get the word out about it. Um, we are currently trying to get a hold of Star Wars Theory so we can have him on an episode of Do Fast so that we can interview him, talk to him, and riff with him. And like I said, help get the word out about this fan series because I think if this blows up, it could be a huge, 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 huge deal for him. And I quite frankly don't want to see all of his time and effort, um, you know have this project not get the notoriety it deserves. So, uh, after you listen to the show, or maybe during, um, head on over to my Instagram page, darkjedi5225. Um, download some manner of reposting app. Repost my post talking about Star Wars Theory. Share it to your Instagram story, at Star Wars Theory, both of those. And keep the train going, and hopefully, everybody's favorite Star Wars YouTuber notices, and you will hear his sultry voice on this podcast. Yes, Ooh. it will also be on um, the my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay. Post will also be up there as well. So, like I said, repost it and then share it in your story at Star Wars Theory on both of those. And go from there. And feel free to add some of the people, all the other people who are involved. Um, Darth Hater is the name of the guy who's, uh, who plays Vader uh, on Instagram. And he actually, he's getting Daniel Logan. Like the guy who played young Boba Fett, he's, he, he got him in there to play. I don't remember if he's actually playing Boba or if he's playing Clones. But like he got Boba Fett. <laughs> so it's gonna be a pretty big deal. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, I hope everything works out with that. Yeah, totally. Love to get to talk to him. So for the next one, uh, Mike Zero versus Ryan Johnson, Dawn of the Dumbass. <laughs> You can take this away, Jared, and then uh, Dan can fill it in. And then I'll talk about what Jason Ward has to say about Mike Zero. So, uh, recently, Mike Zero, um, who is a is an infamous Star Wars YouTuber, he uh, reports on stories, um, heavy emphasis on stories coming out of the set. 
of the recent Star Wars films. Not necessarily all of them come to very accurate fruition. And most of the time when the stories are true, they have been either co-opted or reported from somebody else. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Mike Zero was reporting that the Ryan Johnson trilogy, uh, that we do not know anything about, <laughs> is tentatively canceled. Ryan Johnson will only make one movie, and if the movie does not perform well with the critics, fans, and at the box office, Ryan Johnson will be out of the job if that does not go well. And we will talk um, about this later in the show. I did a an article covering Ryan Johnson actually still doing the trilogy, but that's to be talked yes. about later. Continue. And there was outcry because the video blew up and people were reaching out to Ryan Johnson on Twitter and he is very quick to respond to his fans. They're like, hey, Ryan, are you still making a movie? Um, to which he said he was. And when confused about why so many people were curious about why people were so confused and uh, concerned about the status of his trilogy, he realized that it was because Mike Zero was making a video about it and that Ryan Johnson had some pretty um, scathing things to say about him. Let me pull up the tweets here uh, that have since been deleted. But after having it pointed out to him, Mike Zero was reporting him was reporting on this, he tweeted out, wait, ha 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 This is all because of Zero? Ha 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 When we were in production, we had a guy keeping an eye on online movies. At some point, we started using Zero as a verb, like, throws trash at basket, but it slips out of your hand and falls behind you. Zeroed it. This is exact tweet. Um, shortly after he said that, Ryan Johnson deleted the tweets, and um, a lot of anti-Disney Star Wars uh, media pages um, took to it and was throwing it around as a Ryan Johnson attacks Star Wars YouTuber type thing. And it kind of blew up. Ryan Johnson apologized for a... Ryan Johnson apologized for his quote-unquote bullying tactics. Oh, how fuck he, me. He, he said that himself. Hell? He said that himself. He said he apologized <laughs> for the way he handled it, but he did not apologize for calling Mike Zero. Whatever. So, that is the story. Okay. Well... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I, yeah, well, okay. I think it's funny as hell. <laughs> like, me personally. Yeah. Um, Mike Zero is clickbaity as all hell. And uh, Steel Saunders of the Steel Wars podcast, he, uh, he was the guy who made all the Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts. Yeah. Um, I'm very familiar he, uh, with Steel. <laughs> for the people at home. Uh, he, uh, Steele tweeted out about the story, and it, I can't remember what exactly his tweet said, but it was something to the effect of, because um, it was one of the people who were like, oh, Ryan Johnson attacks Mike Star Wars YouTube, uh, Mike Zero, and he was like, 
Steele uh, tweeted that. He's like, in, or in other words, director snaps back at Notorious Liar. Yeah, right? Which is true, because, again, Mike Zero is not exactly to be taken seriously at all times. Um, just because there was so much Episode 9 news last week, uh, one of his stories made it into the show, and I said multiple times, there is no confirmation on this, but I saw it in a couple other places, and only because I saw other people reporting on it was the only reason why a Mike Zero story made it in was because I saw it reported other places other than him that could be taken seriously. Well, so. Jason Ward from uh, MakingStarWars.net wrote an article about Mr. Zero. I saw! Oh it's boy, I Titled it. simply, Mike Zero is trash. Dan, this is, this is, an, this is an, homo- an homage to hating someone. An homage to hating something, oh, huh? Oh, this is awesome today i was picking my kids up from the first day of preschool and i grabbed them some snacks and let them play on the playground while i got a text message from a friend telling me that the den of nerds youtube channel was covering that ryan johnson mike zero story and that they were in the opinion of my friend dumping on me (laughs) (laughs) i watched the video i think it's kind of funny that they are dying to have everyone on their show from nutbag, nutbag alt-right YouTubers to Mike Zero himself. <laughs> Instead of reaching out to me, they had a discussion about me where they assume what, what I would say. A lot of the time, they're in the area of accuracy, but not always. They also make some assumptions that I find to be critical errors in their reasoning. At the end of their video, they discuss my scoop about the live-action TV show. They treat the story as general rumor because of the people's Mike Zero who just lift information without citation. <laughs> the value in the Den of Nerds video to me is that it represents the side of fandom that is confused about why anyone is treating Mike Zero as he, the joke he is, and why anyone is annoyed about his continual lying about Star Wars and his consistent thievery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next Damn. part of it. Zero credibility. <laughs> zero accuracy. <laughs> I love that. I was wheezing. I was walking my little sister to the bus stop as I was like flipping through that article, and I saw that like subtitle, and I was I was crying. I was laughing That's so excellent. hard. YouTuber Mike Zero is a fraud. <laughs> Justifying <laughs> his behavior as ethnically questionable. I know some will say if you don't believe his channel or you don't like his channel, don't watch it. That simplification is either realistic or responsible. The idea that you can tell YouTube that you don't like something or a channel that gives you that stops giving you the content just isn't true. YouTube is either broken or always testing something to make sure the most vile content rises to the top. How many times have we heard that that super shadow fooled them back in the day? A lot. I can also tell you that I do get emails to the site and to my podcast. Now this is podcasting! About the content Mike Zero puts out by people that are fooled by him. If Zero was doing Cinema Verte, or an Andy Kaufman-style show about the absurdities of fandom discourse, people got <coughs> fooled and they would be one thing. I used to hope that that was the case, to be honest. But Mike Zero is literally lying to Star Wars fans because he doesn't respect anyone or anything. 
So in other words, he gets information secondhand, twists it, and then tells everybody, oh, this is what's happening. Some of like Zero's stories, like the way, there's no verification on any of them. Like some of his stories, you can't even find another person who's reported it. Well, because like he don't just exist. has sources. <laughs> it's just my sources. Uh, sir, what are your sources? I can't reveal those to you. <laughs> those are mine. They're so, my sources. Continuing on with the article, you'll see channels like Geeks and Gamers talk about Ryan Johnson insulting the fans. Or about how Kathleen Kennedy is not doing right by the fans. Yet these channels and people defending Mike Zero are completely cool with Zero lying to Star Wars fans' faces. It is also worth noting that Geeks and Gamers scene of channels had no problem casting a shadow of doubt that Loan Tran, Kelly Marie Tran, was bullied off the internet. But once a white dude like Mike Zero gets lightly ribbed by Ryan Johnson, he has been bullied and it's unacceptable. <laughs> In my opinion, Ryan Johnson didn't punch down. As those types of guys will say he did, Mike Zero runs videos explicitly claiming Ryan has been removed from future Star Wars projects. And fans asked Ryan if it was true. Ryan set the record straight and made a comment to essentially warn people not to take this sort of seriously. Zero literally makes up lies about Ryan, a real person losing their job. Ryan is also accessible. Some of these creators aren't, but he is. The dude hung out at Star Wars Celebration with fans for like four hours and has been extremely forthcoming on Twitter. I would not, it's not to, ah, it would not be hard to even attempt to reach out for a comment on the story, but it's about truth. The people criticizing Ryan for his comment don't care about him or Mike Zero. They care he made a movie with values that they opposed in their own essentially diversity, equality, honesty, humility, and basic tenets of a hero. I don't care if Ryan made a Star Wars film. Or how much money he has. If he made up lies about someone and all and all they do is laugh off your credibility, which is a joke. And make a light reference to the crew using an alias as a synonym. Zero, Zero is not his real, na- real last name, in case you're wondering. That's pretty well reasoned <laughs> and extremely nice of Ryan. I have nothing but respect for the director. I think he made a good film, but regardless, in my opinion, I know we worked his ass. He Wait, I know he worked his ass to make sure the movie worked his ass off to make sure the movie... <laughs> he worked his ass! He worked his ass! Good one, Jason. Worked that ass. You worked that ass. Ryan Johnson's just standing on, like, those islands on Skellig Michael just twerking. <laughs> Is this working? Is this hard enough? Is this hard enough now, Disney? <laughs> Is this twerking with a porg on his shoulder like, get ready, kids, we're about to ruin Luke Skywalker's character. Oh, my. Anyway, he worked on his ass <laughs> to make sure the movie was the best film he could and make. Well, he could make. And I think you should be hard-pressed to find a director in the franchise that has been more involved with our culture than Ryan Johnson. You can dislike his film and still respect his integrity. Anyone trying to make the guy a villain while making Mike Zero an innocent victim while he makes up lies to hundreds of thousands of people has severe issues. I don't, for a second, hate YouTube as a platform for Star Wars. Large channels such as Hello Greedo and Star Wars Explained have proven for years how the platform can be used enthusiastically to make honest, if not sincere, content about the thing that we love and occasionally drives us crazy. If there was anything I would call the opposite of the two channels, it would probably be Mike Zero's videos. (laughs) Well, this is a long article, and you can uh, go on to makingstarwars.net, and I'm sure it's one of the top stories right now. Uh, 
it just goes more into Mike Zero being a piece of shit and various things like that. Anyway, oh, he sounds like such a likable guy, though. Right, Dan? One of the uh, the story I linked, and only because it actually had like a transcript of the tweets. Um, they go on to mention that Mike Zero has changed his thumbnails because the article one of the one of the articles that we read from the one that I read the tweets from is one that's sympathetic towards Mike Zero, and it <laughs> it has it mentions in there like and some have noticed that since the blow up of Ryan Johnson, Mike has taken his own image out of the thumbnails instead of just putting fan art in exclusively. Like seriously, like <laughs> you know. Like that, like um, making Star Wars said, like, you know, oh, Kelly Marie Tran was just being weak and she wasn't bullied off the Internet. But Mike Zero is too afraid to put his face in his videos now. <laughs> Give me a small fucking break. Give me a is, small is the, fucking uh, break. The harassment of Kelly Marie Tran or, or Luan Tran. Was oh, real. Yeah. We could see it. We we saw the evidence. We saw it for months. We saw the the buildup of hate and negative comments coming from these neck bearded fucks that were constantly barraging her with racist, sexist things. And I know, Dan, that was yeah, a funny thing for me to say, but <clears throat> it's true. It's so true. I, I, I'm so ashamed of the fact that, like, you know, um, Maha, Maha, what's his name? What? Something best. Ahmad. Uh, is uh, it Ahmad? Uh, uh, Aham? Uh, Ahmed? Ahmed. 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 Like, didn't we learn anything from the fact that Ahmed Best was talking about the fact that he was fucking suicidal after the Jar Jar? Yeah. Bullshit. Like we we have to take responsibility as a fandom. Like it's embarrassing to say that you're a Star Wars fan at this point. Because nobody knows if you're, you know, the type who does this nonsense. Yeah. Well that goes back to a previous podcast that we had. I mean I I, I had read a discussion that uh that Simon Pegg had, had during an interview where he had actually come out and been like, you know, hey, I actually want to apologize, not, you know, just for myself, but for friends of mine for, you know, after we saw, you know, episode one and two, we, you know, ripping so hard on Jar Jar, not ever actually stopping long enough to think, you know, hey, there's a guy behind that voice. There's like a real person that woke up every single day that had to go into a job where he was this character and he devoted so much of himself to this character for a cinematic audience. And here we are, we're bashing the hell out of him. And so much of that is not either of their fault. No, it's, you know, uh, some of it's fandom. Some of it's not thinking about it because you, you mean, obviously he was good at what he did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have come to the, you know, to the conclusion to where we're sitting there and we're ripping on a character that, mind you, isn't real. (laughs) I never thought we're ripping on it so hard as though it's something that's actually tangible. Like we could have reached out and honestly touched Jar Jar, but. You know, we we couldn't. This was actually uh, from another person. You know, we, we were you know led to believe this character was realistic because of what he did with the character. So love him or hate him, the dude put his heart and soul into the character, and it's a real person behind it. Yeah, he he was hired to do a performance, and he was blamed for that performance. 
Well, he was blamed right. for the character. But see, if you think about it, he was blamed for the performance he was given, yes. But obviously, if the performance wasn't good, you wouldn't be complaining. Performance was good, though. The character wasn't. Because I've always, I've always felt the character was primarily made as like comic relief, and for like you children. weren't meant to, to like him or hate him anyway. Exactly. <clears throat> I agree. So, so the fact that he was able to produce a side—that's yes. that's what I loved about the guy. So we he have some episode it. nine news. Let's get into some more positive stuff. Kind of veer away from the toxic fandom. Uh, but before we get to episode nine news, I need to. See if this works. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Uh-oh. Spoiler it's coming! Alert. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Okay. We have some leaked jungle set photos from episode 9. MakingStarWars.net reports. Our coverage of Black Park's jungle set continues to unfold in recent weeks. We have seen the area being dressed with exotic vines. I have heard stories of the Black Park car park being pretty filled up and the situation causing traffic jams. Point being that it is moving forward. Today we are seeing what appears to be an area dug up about a step or two deep. Around it appears to be rocky set dressing. Let's look at the photos. Yep. Yep. You have photos? You have photos? Oh, I don't have photos. <laughs> uh, Metro PCS. There is. Metro POS. <laughs> I'm dead. There's what at the pace that, of the That shouldn't have been as funny as it was. <laughs> that, that joke had no right to be legitimately funny. No. There is what dead at the jokes, pace of the Dead ground. jokes all day long. Yeah. And there's some tarps in the area that could be for bedding to perhaps make it into a pond or hold some a small amount of water, as the local source theorizes. The area from the Falcon is location one, and that being discussed is the update is location two. Mm. Rumors about the jungle area having suggest that there is a cave on this world that connects to a base. I have yet to see any empirical evidence of this, but I did think back to the early draft of Return of the Jedi. And had the Ewok village situated underground in a cave, it would be interesting to see something like that makes its way into the final third act of the Skywalker saga. Pinewood Studios, Pinewood Sources, have suggested that at one point there was the intention to film the jungle sequences in Laos. It is clear if there was to be any filming there or it was scrapped when it was decided to film those Moments at Pinewood and in the nearby Black Park territory. As of now, we have no idea if the location, too, is for these rock slabs. Could just be a rock in the ground. Just uses the place for our heroes to take a knee for a minute. Or outside of a pond and the entrance to a cave. I think... I like to think Ray decided not to put a door on the rebel base and she uses the force to let people in and out. Which is really annoying to everyone involved. <laughs> Open sesame. No. Needles theatrical shit. Just hit a button. Jetson style. I want every time her, every time she does it though, I want her to under her breath. Gifting rocks. Like every time. <laughs> this is all Just pretty like cool. I like it. 
I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So there could be a, there's a jungle planet in episode nine. Cool. So we'll get back to more episode nine news right after Jared talks about Battlefront Two. Yes. So uh, the folks over at EA Dice have announced uh, the other day that a handful of heroes on Battlefront Two are going to be getting reworked start cards. Uh, for whatever reason, the way they designed the game, they cannot add star cards. They can only change the star cards that are already in the game. So, uh, they are going to be taking star cards from certain heroes that aren't either popular or don't function the right way and replacing the them with these. Well, no, for the heroes, just the hero. Ah. And changing it so that they have some type of health-based star card. Um, Kylo Ren is the first one and the only one that has been confirmed. But they said other heroes will be getting it. Um, it's unclear if it's going to increase his health, period, or if it's going to be like a, for every enemy you kill, you get X amount of health and bonus health hero. Stuff like that. Um, Kylo Ren is confirmed to be getting one. Um, Darth Maul what the is a shoe in for one. Did you hear that, Dan? You heard it, I'm guessing? I am literally seething over here. I so basically it. you're telling me that we're not going to put any work into any of this. We're basically just going to do some crap. At, uh. Well, no, this is a legitimately good change, though. Like, I mean, Ren, yeah, but they, they shouldn't make excuses that they can't put in new cards. Yes, you can. Why not put no, them in it, pack? Why not give me more crates? Why not give me more little little op, little little quest options and things like that within like the middle of multiplayer missions or operations or you know galactic assault or some shit like that? And then I can pick up this extra card or whatever it is that you know that that's going to add additional health or like some sort of additional patch to another fucking card that I might have. Well, things like that thing. are easy to add. The way they design the game is like the star cards are all set in stone. Is what oh. they're saying. Like they like because of the way the game is designed. They cannot just start throwing in. They want me to pay for it. They have to. I mean, they're just going to like take out a card. They're just going to take out a card, change it, and there's several for Kylo Ren to get rid of. Like um, I saw somebody who did the math on Bloodletting Frenzy. Yeah. And it the way it works is with when you have that card equipped, you do twenty five percent, or you have you do bonus damage. When your health is at or below 25%. But the thing is, is that Kylo Ren cannot get at that point because if he is below 25, or if he's at 25% health, he will regenerate more. Yeah, so either like, he has I mean, right more then. than 25, if he either has more than 25% or he's dead. And there's only like a window of like two seconds when that bonus damage can be used. And if you are still pressing the attack when you're recovering health, then you shouldn't be playing the game because you're a fucking moron. You should be running in the other direction so that you can regenerate. Um, I also, again, talk about other heroes they could give it to. Um, Darth Maul came up. Um, he has a perfect card to replace. Uh, Yoda called- would be a nice one. Like to, to actually be able to, you know, I mean, I've recently gotten a newer card that allows me to, you know, an additional 
backwards strife. You know, something like that, or like, you know, if I do like a hit and then do that, you know, it'd be nice if I got like, you know, even like two points of health, you know, a little yeah. bit of health. Well, Darth Maul has a card that literally doesn't work because it has no function. <laughs> he has a card that he has a card called like Furious Strikes or Frantic Strikes. And it's it says reduce the amount of stamina each lightsaber swing costs Darth Maul. There's one small problem with that. Darth Maul is the only lightsaber hero who doesn't have stamina. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that doesn't matter to. So you can put this on him, and hey, guess what? Taking up space. Like Darth Maul, like that card is literally there for no reason. That's a shoe. Like, you just take that out and get X amount of health and you kill someone. Yep. But yeah, that's the battlefield too, man. Battlefront 2. Hopefully the they just get everything the fixed and we can just move on with it. You know what I mean? I just want all the content just so we can just have the finished game. Uh, right. I want to play as Grievous. That's that's all I want. I, I just want a Grievous. Yeah. Like I'm I, want, not, hey, I want it to work the way I want it to work too. If I don't have full, if I don't have the ability to pop out the forearms, I'm done. I'm done. Done. All I want is for Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Dooku to all have a force push. Yeah. Because I hate the G- fact give me that... Su- like, give me stuff that I know they use. Here's Don't my give thing. me something my, I've never seen them use. My favorite thing to do in Battlefront, and my KD is awful because of it, and I don't care, huh. is my favorite thing is to force push people off of ledges. Oh my god. He's so you're, satisfied. You're one of the people I don't like. <laughs> oh, oh. I'll be running around as Boba Fett, and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, look, I'm flying. Oh, shit, I didn't. Oh, there's the ground. Oh, dude. It, if if it's if it's heroes versus villains, and you see me on Kashyyyk, Kamino, Naboo, or Bespin, and I'm playing... See, that's why Luke, I stay inside. I try to stay inside I'm, nowadays. And I'm I fly around in and I'm playing as Luke or Darth Maul. There's bodies flying all over the place. I will save my force push and his force throw until I see some unsuspecting idiot standing right in front of a ledge. Yeah. I killed an entire team in HVV as Darth Maul yeah. on Bespin. Because they were all literally just standing in a line charging at me. And I'm like, ah, this is cute. What the Roof. fuck? And just shit whip them to their deaths. Yeah. So, so what about, Anakin, what about this solo news I hear? Oh, you want to talk about the solo news, girl? I want to talk about the solo news. There's deleted scenes and stuff. I love deleted scenes. Is he okay? I don't no, I had a stroke. It's cool. I'm good. I'm good <laughs> now. Stroke, it's cool. And get some coffee. A little injection of some meth. A little injection of some math. Math. Some math. Excuse math. me. Math. Oh, no, I can't say math. Math. That math. Math and Jackson. How does that work for you? Pretty well. Pretty well. Pretty well, doesn't Okay. Well, anyway, guys, uh, we got a new trailer for that solo home release. And yeah. let's. Uh. Hold on. Hold on. Please.
Please hold for the next available operator. Let's break it down. Okay, so in the brief trailer, we see some really cool behind-the-scenes footage of the trade heist. This is probably the most thrilling action sequence in the movie, and it will be great to see the work that went into bringing it to this screen. Bringing it to the screen. So those of you out there that love to see how some of this stuff is actually done, these look like they're going to be pretty awesome. It looks like we'll get to see how L3 was brought to life and experience what it was like for the cast and crew filming the Millennium Falcon flight sequences and some behind-the-scenes featurettes, plus Alden Ehrenreich ah, talks about his loose-lipped Nana. Nana, Nana, Nana. Han pilots a TIE fighter and Chewbacca takes flight. Check out those sneakers. The original Star Wars wrote so many spells in the book of movie magic, and it is always great to see how new technology is continually advancing special effects in movies. It seems like less and less are concerned with extras on home releases these days, but Star Wars continues to deliver. We are... And we love it. Nine days until digital release. Mm -hmm. Very happy I am. Mm, watch the deleted scenes you must. So, Dan, there was a interview with Oscar Isaac and Dumnal Grilison, which would be uh, Randall Hawks. Yep. And Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron. Uh, so if you just want to talk about this article, Dan, I would be much appreciative. I shall, I shall, I shall. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Pull up or pull out? Oscar Isaac has opened up about his experience on the set of Episode 9. Speaking about J.J. Abrams feeling, feelings Wait on the Wait a minute, screen. guys. Wait a minute, uh-huh. guys. Wait a minute, guys. News uh-huh. just broke. News just broke. According to Mike Zero, Luke Skywalker's going to fight Kylo Ren in Episode 9. You're lying. He's lying. There's no lies. way. Lies. All lies. Anyway, back I'm to not kidding. I'm not what kidding. I was saying about Mr. Abrams before we were rudely interrupted by filthy, filthy lies. <laughs> on the set of episode nine, speaking uh, about J.J. Abrams' feelings on the film, Poe's arc through the film and how it feels doing a film without Carrie Fisher. The finale of the Skywalker saga marks the first time that anyone involved in the sequel trilogy has returned following the passing of Carrie Fisher in 2016. And it's been reported that unused footage of the beloved actress will be used in episode nine. Isaac was answering questions during an interview with U.S. Today or USA Today. Yeah. Marka, 
<laughs> for the latest of the uh, the operation <laughs> the operation finale and when asked uh if it feels like she's around when filming this finale chapter he responded always of course she's with us because she's fucking amazing that's right. duh <laughs> that's right hang on my screen's being stupid Oh the actor God. also spoke on J.J.'s attitude on set. It sounds as though the director of The Force Awakens is incredibly positive about the chance to end the story he began. With the Oscar, claim, uh, Oscar claiming he seems to me just as excited, if not most, more so than before, because of, their, uh, because of now there's a history there. Yeah. Go away, Poe. <laughs> you okay? I don't know. My phone just stroked. <laughs> Come on, put your helmet on phone. Let's go. Got stuff to do. Put stuff your to talk about. You're a horrible human being. Look at the do back chat. I sent in like a screenshot on my phone. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> seems to uh, seems to be just as excited as before, if not more so, because now there's a history there, and the na- uh, the nature of the story is different. As the man who plays the leader of the resistance, Poe Dameron, Isaac also has had something to say about the state of the groups are in going into Episode Nine. It's not looking good for our heroes at this point. He believes it's easy to forget that the group are essentially guerrilla fighters adhering to close to something like the, uh, the revolutionary war fighters or even the guerrillas, the guerrillas in Cuba and with Chi. What about the guerrillas in Africa? What, well, what about Congo? Does anybody remember Congo? Nobody ever wants to talk about the movie Congo because it was terrible. <laughs> Ah, uh, Fidel, 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 and all the guys living in the mountains, coming down to do some attacks and going back and trying to hide from the empire of the United States. Bum, bum, bum. USA is kind of the uh, the ragged, it's kind of ragged at this point. Isaac, who will also be appearing in the upcoming TV series, The Star Wars Resistance, also spoke about Poe's arc in The Last Jedi. You won't get people to question him as opposed to have have some sort of easy answer of like, yeah, he did, uh, he did the right thing. He was a hero. What's the cost of this stuff? Poe had a, di- a difficult journey in his last outing, but it sounds like we will have learned from his experience by the time episode nine rolls around. You hear his story with George Washington as George, where lots of people died based on, uh, on their orders. Isaac explains, but that is part of the leadership and the push and pull and the fighting or, fi- or fighting or figuring out what the best way to move forward. So it sounds like lots of shit going on with Poe. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> sounds like uh, sounds like Poe stepped in some duty. I'm sure it was so hard for Poe to act like a hero with that SJW Holdo in his way. She wouldn't tell him his plan, even though he's being super erratic and irresponsible as a leader. Yeah, well, I don't imagine he'll be leading long. I have a feeling. Talk about that casting call. Casting call. Where is that? Right after the Oscar Isaac. Oh, hey, look, there's more. (laughs) Dom Hall Gleason uh, has also shared his feelings on what it's like knowing every single detail of the finale to be the Skywalker saga. 
I made the terrible mistake of reading the script. He joked in an appearance on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast via io9. The nightmare is falling asleep on the public transport, he continued. The nightmare is you waking up on a plane and someone uh, someone's dictating to you. You wake up in a mouth-shaping words. You wake up and you're like, Skywalker did this. And then you don't realize how long you've been speaking. And then there's a kid filming. <laughs> and there's someone right and there's someone writing it down and because you're in the air you say we need to talk before we land i can access my bank account it certainly is an eye-opening account of the stressed modern day actors as, as they struggle to keep a lid on the the crucial plot details that fans the world over are dying to know it's awesome i love that but then again that's, that's why we rely on people that can't keep their damn mouth shut where are you carrie we need you. Right? I am. Um, what? This morning, uh, just because uh, I love his content as a joke, I was actually watching a Mike Zero video, and he mentioned Domo Gleason's comment, and he said there was something about, like, Luke Skywalker's potential appearances in episode nine. And he was like talking about how Donald Gleason said, literally just that, that Skywalker did this. What could this thing that Luke Skywalker does be? Could Luke Skywalker perhaps come back from the dead? And that's a thing. All I know is I, I want him to narrate a fucking Where's Waldo book. <laughs> Mike Zero. <laughs> now we are looking on the pirate ship. Where exactly could Waldo be? <laughs> oh my god. I love it. It's such a bag of cats. Such a bag of cats. But moving forward. Uh, yeah, we have TJ's article talking about the fact that Ryan call. Johnson trilogy is still happening. What about the casting call? Oh yeah, yeah. That we've been trying to get that to get to that for a minute. Apparently, I fucked that one up. Yeah, Woo-hoo! yeah. You went back no to plan. Where's my horn? Damn it. <laughs> so uh, yes, the casting call that makes more sense because TJ, you probably want to read your own article. Yes. Um, episode nine has put out a casting call for a female actress to play a character named Karina. Jared, you got this. Jared? <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you, you don't want to go to the casting call? Come on, you, you talk. Can you hear me? Am I audible? What the hell? You're audible, but are you edible? Really- what? Okay, you heard me? What the hell? I read the article. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. No, there's a casting call out from episode 9 for a female actress to play a character named Karina. And that is pretty much all we know. It's an action heavy. Oh, left for Carrie Russell. Yeah. 
So we don't know anything about it being a supporting role for the Star Wars Episode Nine needing to be filled. We don't. We don't don't know. We don't know anything outside of that. So, did it come from hashtag show? I'm saying, scroll down. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's super speculative. I don't want to. The report comes from that hashtag show, who's act. Who's so far been accurate about two roles? Mara described as a as being a female lead, forty to fifty years old, and Caro described as a captivating naturalist and easy to man with charisma and intellect, in spite of being between eighteen and sixty years old. The former appears to have been filled by Carrie Russell, which Variety noted as an action-heavy role, and Naomi Aki portraying the latter. Incidentally, the Incidentally, they have now noted that Caro is being referred to as Lucy for some reason, while Mara has not been seen in any documents they've come across. So that Mara name is highly speculative. Let's not get too excited for that one. Um, But the real story seems to be that there's another new character being thrown into the mix. Karina, described as a younger Charlize Theron with street smarts and sharp wit, a good sense of humor, Solid comedic timing and a strong voice. The role was said to be a supporting role, which is likely less prominent than initially announced. In spite of Charlie's Theron being name dropped as a frame of reference, the role is open to actresses of any ethnicity. And then the article goes on to just talk about returning cast. Yeah. But yeah, you know, nothing too major. A lot of a lot of speculation. Who who could they be playing? Uh, exciting stuff. Exciting. So, do you want to talk about Ryan Johnson's trilogy? I can do that. Absolutely, sir. So, dobackdiscussion.net reports The widespread controversy following the release of The Last Jedi has been followed up by tons of announcements confirming production of various Star Wars spin off films, including Ryan Johnson getting to make his very own trilogy of the beloved series. Recent rumors have risen that he is no longer creating those films, but in true Ryan Johnson style, he quickly took to Twitter to dismiss those claims. Ryan confirmed in the tweet about that he is, in fact, still creating his movies. You can see the twi- you can see the uh, the screenshot on dobackdiscussion.net. Funny enough, another rumor popped up claiming Lucasfilm got cold feet shortly after that post, but with that not being the case at all, Johnson's trilogy is still very much happening. He is pretty safe seeing that Bob Iger, Disney CEO, was a big fan of The Last Jedi. He is one, in fact, that green. He is the one, in fact, that greenlit the production of those movies. There is no reason for anyone minus a group of angry Twitter trolls to believe that Ryan Johnson is in is on his way out the door. After the kind of poor performance of Solo: A Star Wars Story earlier this year, Lucasfilm has confirmed that Ryan's movies are a priority for the studio. And don't forget about the. Uh, David Benhoff and D.B. Weiss movies that are also in production, folks, with other unconfirmed films being in production, like the rumored Obi-Wan and Boba, Lo- Boba Fett standalone films. Boba Wan. Boba Wan. Working on a Boba film Fett takes series a lot of one. time, and with Ryan making a trilogy, it's going to take even longer. So don't be alarmed if there isn't a lot of news coming out of, about these films. You won't see the movies for years to come anyway, which hopefully by then the toxic fans would have calmed down. I look forward to Ryan's movies with great optimism and patience. Article written by yours truly. 
Well, I assume by the time they get old enough to have calmed down a little bit, they'd be old enough to start using some tampons. Jesus Yeah, like you said, it's the Twitter trolls, the same people who were like, oh, Solo Trilogy canceled because poor performance. Um, It's the same assholes who just figured out Facebook was a thing a month ago. (laughs) Well, I just, I don't like the fact that everybody makes such a big deal about Alden Ehrenreich's contract. You know what? Not everything's going to be the fuck on point for everybody. That's all the hell I'm saying. Solo yeah, was awesome right. to some people, and Solo wasn't awesome to some people. Just like Batman Forever wasn't for everybody. Some people were like, nah, fuck that movie. And some people were like, I like the car. <laughs> I mean, Who really? I like that car. Who the hell could like it? Batman Forever? I loved that car. Fuck Val Kilmer. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. What's the next Apparently, one? there's new books. Talk about books. Am I talking? Can I talk? Yes. You want me to talk? I'll talk some. I'll talk some. Talk. There's a new book by Pablo Hidalgo, and it focuses on the scum and villainy of a galaxy far, far away. In the land of tomorrow. (laughs) The latest episode of the Star Wars show reveals that a new book by Pablo... That guy... Pablo Hidalgo is coming, focusing on the galaxy's most notorious baddies, but in a specific way. So StarWars.net, Dan Brooks uh, sat down with Pablo Hidalgo to discuss the new book and uh, revealed that Scum and Villainy isn't just an ordinary encyclopedia of villains, but rather a fully illustrated hardcover tome made entirely of notes and intel from three generations of a family of police officers spanning an entire era of the Republic, uh, Empire, and the New Republic. Make sure to read the full interview and all that stuff for Pablo Hidalgo and his new book. Uh, also on the Star Wars show, Pablo uh, Hidalgo gave us a uh, Be the Han scene. Look at Han's speeder from the Solo, a Star Wars story, and how they managed to execute the thrilling speeder chase scene on the streets of Coriel. Or Corellia. There you go. Also, actor John Cho discusses fandom among Star Wars and Star, uh, Star Trek and more. So lots of lots of good stuff within that interview there, and it's it's just exciting to hear about a new book. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, from what the way it sounds, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would actually be nice to have a little bit more information about some of these, you know, uh, some of the different villains and things like that within the series. And I think it's actually kind of nice to you know kind of get a better look into some of the assassins and things that you usually don't see a whole lot. You just kind of hear more of them in name and in shadow. Yeah, I agree. Same. Uh, because, I mean, there's not a whole lot of bounty hunter lore in canon. Like, a lot of the really cool bounty hunter stuff is all in budget. I have a feeling over the next couple of years, uh, with, with the way that the movies seem to be to be rolling in some of the new shows and things like that, uh, I think that's what they're gearing towards, is they're, they're starting to kind of move towards some of the background characters and things like that, finally starting to get uh, a little bit more information on them. So I'm hoping that the bounty hunters will, will be amongst that. Well, that's, that excites me a lot, because my biggest frustration with uh, the way they were handling Star Wars at first, the fact that like we could not get away from that in between and forth. And it's just been done to death. Like, Rebels, and then Rogue One, and 
Battlefront was all, the first Battlefront in 2015. It was all the original trilogy. Um, all the books were like original trilogy time period. It's like, okay, like we have officially oversaturated the original trilogy. Let's do other stuff. And it looks like that's what they're doing. That excites me. Yeah, uh, so we got another Resistance trailer, kind of. Kind of, sort of, do we? Do we? That introduces the team Fireball. Did you watch this? I have not seen this yet. Uh, I have not. You had given a few of your opinions on it, and I had uh, I had checked out some of the animation style, and I'm not... Man, I don't know that I'm feeling it. Talk about it, Dan. Uh, the official Star Wars... Uh, site has revealed a new video introducing us to the main characters from the new animated show resistance the video features commentary by creator dave filoni his team and the voice actors behind the main characters of the new show some of you uh, surely noticed the two brief shots of uh, leia voiced by richard well i'm just retarded on names today I need to use my phone, a friend. Jared? Yes? <laughs> Rachel uh, Butera, I'm guessing. I, I probably butchered that name. I apologize. Uh, here's a better look at via our friend Paul Bateman. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our princess is back. Uh, Star Wars Resistance. Hashtag Star Wars at Fanthatrax. So uh, it's looking like there's a few new shots from that. But Star Wars Resistance is premiering Sunday, October 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern Pacific time on, of, uh, of course, the Disney Channel. I, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting that they're bringing in a few new characters and, and things like that. But as far as the animation style, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it's, it's going to take off the way that I'm hoping it will. I watched the first big trailer for Resistance, and I have kind of deliberately uh, not watched anymore because I don't. I I want to experience the show for itself and not through the trailers. So I've been kind of keeping my head down with the Resistance news as much as. See, I that's that's kind of how I did Clone Wars when it when it first originally came out. I was trying to do everything I could to stay away from from because Cartoon Network was literally just overloading you with different trailers and snippets and behind the scenes this and that's with the the voice actors and all that shit. And I was deliberately doing everything I could to stay away from it because I wanted to be surprised. I wanted you know first episode going in you know to, for you know that shit to hit me like a damn hammer and it did. Because I, I had no, you know, preconceived notions that this was going to be anything more than, you know, that large gap between the movies, you know, where everything happens. Yeah. You know, these are the actual wars. These are events that, you know, that led up to Revenge of the Sith and, you know, and everything else going down into, you know, four, five and six. This is actually whatever, you know, where all the fighting took place. And, you know, this is basically their last stand. So it was nice to, you know, to go into that without that. So I can I can understand that. I'm really pumped for this new series in general. Uh, I like how. See, it looks. I'm, I'm trying to stay positive about it. I, I know a lot of a lot of people are saying negative things about it, but I mean, like I said, I'm not too into the animation style. But then again, animation isn't everything. Isn't everything? I mean, if your dialogue's there, if your storytelling's there, you know, the animation can be whatever it is, as long as you know all those elements are there that actually you know bring it into a believable storyline along with the character. Absolutely. 
Yes, I completely agree. Uh, we all look forward to uh, Star Wars Resistance with great hope. Uh, so there's a rumor that John Williams and Michael Giacchino is going to score music for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Jason Ward's sources say that John Williams and Michael Giacchino will be writing and scoring theme music for rides, attractions, and other types of source music. It sounds like there's some sort of collaborative effort between Williams and Giacchino on the content. I don't know if Williams is just contributing a theme or a lot more than it. It is exactly clear to who... I really hope that... uh, John Williams and Michael Giacchino actually are the ones to score for the part because that would make it so much better and much more authentic feeling. Do, do you guys think? I, I feel yes. like when I'm walking into to part of the park, like I feel like if that music's not present, yeah, I feel like I'm missing a portion of the experience because you know it, 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 John Williams' music has been synonymous with that series like since its inception. I mean, when you're when you're standing there and Luke's there, you know. Uh, like right there on Tatooine and he's looking out at the suns and stuff like that. If you didn't have that just amazing orca, you know, orchestral music rising up in the background with all that scene, I, I feel like that scene would have been missing something. Yeah. I mean, that scene was so iconic and I feel like that music is v- just a 100% part of it. So when you're walking into the park for the first time and you see the world just right in front of you, if that music isn't present somewhere, you're missing out. You can listen to the star any Star Wars movie soundtrack and see the movie. Yeah, it's it's like literally that music actually oh, yeah. gives you that feeling of being part of it. You're there, like literally, like when you're in those scenes, and all of a sudden, you know that that big dramatic music comes in, and then the fucking Death Star, all of a sudden, like the light just hits it, and you're like, oh, you know, I mean, you knew something big was coming, and then all of a sudden, it, it you know it turns, and there it is. Yes, I can, and, I, and I, this is not a joke. Like, Duel of the Fates, Battle of the Heroes, um, the Imperial March, uh, some of the more ambient battle music yeah. in the original trilogy is all in my workout playlist. <laughs> oh, that's you my wife's ringtone. Me. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> the Imperial <laughs> March is my wife's ringtone and she's so mad about it. But I'm like, hey, really? <laughs> really? My girl's ringtone is the Ray theme. My wife would be more of a Darth helmet than a Darth Vader, but you know. <laughs> Breathe. There we go. <laughs> I see your swart is as big as mine. But right, well, uh, father's brother's cousin's roommate. I'd say that wraps up today's show, guys. Absolutely. A uh, little bit of housekeeping. Um, the solo novelization is out and starting very soon, I'm going to binge that whole book and there will be a review on Dubac on the Dubac discussion website very soon of the solo Star Wars story novelization. Also, make sure to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to dubacdiscussion.net, your source for everything Star Wars. Also, visit our YouTube channel for weekly Battlefront 2 live streams featuring yours truly and or Dan the man with no plan. Woo, woo, woo. Also visit uh, search new regime cosplay on Instagram for our affiliate. Anyway, 
Thank you for joining us once again on the Do Back Discussion podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, signing off. This is your co-host, Jared the Dark Jedi, signing off. And be sure to check out my Instagram so we can get Star Wars Theory on the show. And Dan? I don't have a Twitter because I'm not an interesting person. <laughs> so, bye! Bye-bye! Yeah.